worship God the way Jan and I like to worship the Lord. Open your hearts and let it flow. Just let the glory come into the house. And the meal today was absolutely unbelievable. I was bragging on it when we got back to the motel today. I told Jan, those ladies or whoever fixed it got anointed. I mean, you don't have food like that unless it's anointed. And we appreciate everything that you did. And 45 years of ministry is worth celebrating. Do I have a witness in the house? But the next years that we have are going to be the most fruitful that we have ever had. It's going to be an incredible time. And so we're looking forward to what God has for you. I think we ought to celebrate our pastors before I get into this message. I'm telling you, we are so blessed to have our pastors here. And brother and sister Matthews are just awesome leaders. And I love to hear him just lead a worship service. And he's one of our greatest preachers in the church of God. I want to tell you, let's praise the Lord for them. That's it. Go ahead. Let's praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise God, praise God. While you're standing, just remain standing for a moment for the reading of the Word of God. And we're going uh, to Isaiah chapter 43. And uh, we want to read the first two verses of that chapter. And it's going to launch us into where I believe the Spirit is taking us tonight. And my topic, my subject for this evening, I preached this morning on signs. And tonight, the only way we're going to have signs if we are willing to do battle. Willing to do battle. And this is something that many Christians have ceased to do. They just coast along with enough to make it week by week and month by month and year by year. But the only way that we are going to receive the best that God has is if we are willing to battle. We've got to become warriors and we've got to let the enemy know that we will not settle for second best. We are going to have the best God has. So let's look here in this passage in Isaiah 43, beginning with verse 1. But now, thus saith the Lord, He who created you. Turn to somebody and say, He's talking about me. He that created you, O Jacob, He who formed you, O Israel, Fear not. Boy, I love that. Fear not. Somebody scream, fear not. There's a lot of people need to hear that. Do you know you understand that? Fear not, he said. 
For I, here's the reason we're not to fear, have redeemed you. I have called you by name. How many has got a new name in the Lamb's book of life? He has called us by name. You are mine, saith the Lord. When you pass through the waters, I will be with you. And through the rivers, they shall not overwhelm you. When you walk through fire, you shall not be burned. And the flame shall not consume you. Boy, that is enough right there for us to take a praise break for about 15 minutes and just run the aisles in this house tonight. Because that is a promise from God for us. And I want you to turn to somebody and say, Receive it tonight. Receive it tonight. Receive it tonight. Receive it tonight. And you may be seated. May the Lord add His blessings to the reading of His Word. Now let me lay a little foundation because I'm going to build to something that is going to release people tonight. And you've got to have the right foundation any time you are building. And I have learned in 60 plus years, January will be 61, years that people talk about three things. Basically, they talk about where they have been, they talk about where they are, and they talk about where they are going. Now, if you talk about where you've been, you repeat it. And there's a lot of things in the past we don't need to talk about. Amen? And if you talk about where you are right now, you extend it. But if you talk about where you're going, you accelerate it. I mean, you bring it on into your life. And then there are four kinds of people that every one of us associate with. They are the people that add, subtract, and uh, divide, and multiply. How many are glad for the adders and the multipliers? Amen? You need to be careful the people that you're around in your everyday life. And I'm speaking uh, uh, mostly here in this area to all these young people. Wow, what an awesome thing is going on at One Life with all of these young people. And when they come up here and begin to worship God, it creates an atmosphere that opens the windows of heaven so that the blessings can pour out. And so when we look around us, we need to be careful who we are associating with. Because the difference between the Antichrist system and the Jesus Christ system is the fact that the Antichrist system is a numbers system. And the Jesus Christ system is a name system. 
And when you look at those two systems, you realize that a number system has no genealogy. It has no emotion. It has nothing that comforts you. But if you have a name system, you have an origin. You know where you come from. You know when God has taken care of you and you can share it with everybody that you come in contact with. And Jesus Christ system has emotions. And those emotions are constantly being manifest in our worship to God. Now, several years ago, probably 25 years ago, someone asked me in my life to that point what it was that I desired more than anything else. And I said, it's a knowledge of who God really is. I want a knowledge of God. Because the truth of the matter, you can't have what God has for you unless you know who God is. So we're constantly looking into the Word to find out what kind of God He is. But if you want to know Him better, here is the book. This book reveals to us who God is is and uh, i want us tonight to come to grips with the difference in people uh, that we come in contact with every day because the difference in people even in ourselves uh, is the fact that uh, we are willing to do battle, that we are willing to take a stand. If you have not made up your mind that I am going to fight for what is mine, the enemy will control your life every day that you live. So we look at the difference between a winner and a loser is the willingness to do battle. You have got to be willing to fight. Not satan not to the power of people that's in your life, but the power of supernatural satanic spirits that we deal with on a daily basis. But the Word of God assures us that when we are willing for that battle, when we walk through the water, He said, I will be with you. And the Lord, it says, will perfect that which concerns me. And that's the thing that brings me comfort. That's the thing you've got to get a handle on. Because everything that happens to us is going to work for the benefit of our purpose on this earth. God is going to take the worst day you've ever had and make out of that the best day that you have ever had. Because God takes everything in our life and uses it for something in our future. And what we're trying to do is walk in the Word because the Word is always at work in our life. So listen up 
all you young people that are in this house because after preaching for almost 61 years and being married for coming uh, next August will be uh, 60 years, uh, I, I want to share something with you. I believe I've earned the privilege of sharing a few things with you. And the things that you need to understand is that we are in the midst of the greatest confrontation the church has ever known. Now, we've always fought the enemy, but you, young people, are dealing with spirits that Jan and I never dealt with. You're dealing with them on another level. And he has only one purpose in the things that he's bringing against you. And that is to destroy your future. You see, God has a plan for every person. But the enemy has a plan to rob you of your future. And so everything that the enemy brings against you, you've got to understand. If you do not do warfare, you could miss what God has planned for you in your future. So the enemy is trying to do three things in our world today. If you're wondering what is going on around us in the world, he's up to three things. These are the three things that he's dealing with. Number one, he's trying to break our focus on the priorities of this book. The enemy doesn't want you to deal with the issues that are going to catapult you into the future that God has for you. The second thing that the enemy is trying to make happen in our life is he's wanting us to be people oriented. He wants people in our life that uh, can take us in the wrong direction. And so we find the third thing then he is working in the church and he's trying to divide the church. How many knows that uh, one of the problems in our society today, major problems, is the enemy has infiltrated the church. Not this church I'm not talking about. I'm talking about the universal church. And the enemy has divided us even on issues like abortion, like transgender, like same-sex marriage. And so the enemy has divided us in biblical scripture that is very plain on what God expects out of the people that he has chosen to bless. And so even in the church, he's trying to divide us. But there's one thing, Pastor, I have decided to do. I am going to preach the Word of God. It doesn't matter what the enemy does or what he says. I'm going to preach the everlasting Word of God until he calls me home. And I'm not going to let anything stop me from being who God has called me to be. Go ahead. Give him praise. You see, after all these years of preaching, I told myself the other day in the man cave at home, I said, 
God, the thing that I am so concerned about now as I prepare to go to the One Life Church this weekend is when I stand before you, I'm going to give an account of every sermon that I've preached. And when I stand before you, I don't want anybody in any congregation where I minister to say, you did not preach us the true word of God. You did not warn us of the battle that we are in. And so we find that the enemy is trying to destroy us through these three areas. But then... Uh, I really feel strong about this. So I want you spiritually to come up here close to me. I want to talk to you. We're going to huddle for just a minute. You know any good football team huddles. You notice that? And they huddle often. Because you got to huddle on every play. Every day when you get up, you got to huddle. Find out what's going on and what you need to be doing. And the thing that I want to get into your spirit is that crises is the incubator for wisdom. When you're going through a crisis and we are in a crisis right now. Are you with me? Now some people act like they haven't realized it. But we are in a crisis in America today and in our world. The world is in worse shape than America is. And we are in crises ourselves. But in the crises, God wants us to extract an education out of that. He wants us to learn one principle that is so important. If you can ever get to the place spiritually that you understand and live out the fact that the battle is not your battle, but it's God's battle. It changes everything that the way you live your life in this present world. Now there's four things that God wants us to learn in this crisis. He wants to teach us and give us knowledge of the enemy. And we are learning about the enemy that uh, is operating in our world today. Then he wants us to learn and gain knowledge of who we are. Did you know crises reveal who we are? Right, crises reveals whether we are really on God's side, that we really believe that this book is God's Word, or are we just playing church. Then crises gives us a knowledge about people. Boy, I've learned that when some people go through a problem, it's... Katie bar the door. You know, as a pastor, I've watched people that they would, as long as they were on top, as long as everything was going the way they wanted it to, they were shouting and praising God and everything was just right. But when God started maturing them and growing them, 
and a few battles come along, they weren't found in church anymore because they found a problem in the church that they didn't like or the enemy pointed out something that they didn't like. But you see, every crisis in our life is revealing to us that we cannot follow people. We can't keep our eyes on people. We've got to get our eyes on Jesus Christ because He is our source of victory. And the fourth thing He's trying to give us knowledge of is Himself. He wants us to know that regardless of what we go through, He has got our back. Don't you like a friend that will keep your back? Huh? I mean a real friend. That when the enemy tries to attack you, they will stand up and say, Oh no, you got to come through me before you get to them. Yes. I had a guy in my church in Atlanta a few years ago. And uh, I just bought some property and built my own house, first house Jan and I had ever owned. And uh, there were some boys drove by and uh, they threw some beer can bottles out in my front yard uh, as they were driving by. And this guy hadn't been coming to our church but probably six months. And he saw this as he was driving by the other direction. He turned around, chased them down. There was four guys in the car and he stopped them, run them off in a ditch and stopped them. He got his ball bat out of his truck and said, that's my pastor's house that you threw those beer bottles in and you're going back and pick them up. You understand? I'm talking about somebody that's ready to fight for you. I'm glad that we have friends. I'm glad we know God has got our back and He will never leave us nor forsake us. So, there are four things that I want to drop into your spirit tonight in the next few minutes that we have got to deal with and be willing to do battle. Now there's many others, but these are four very important things that I have come to know in my years of serving God. And the weapons of the enemy are very common. They uh, are the same every year. You know, the enemy is still using the same weapons that he was using in the Garden of Eden. Can you believe that? Can you believe that? That he just keeps doing the same thing over and over. I, one of the things I always dealt with as a pastor was I had people in my church that the enemy would hit them with the same thing and they would just come apart at the seams. And I'd finally, when they'd come and talk to me about it, I would say, do you not realize that the enemy is hitting you at the same place every time and because you are responding to him the way he wants you to, he just keeps hitting you there. And the thing you've got to do is grow up. 
past that place. And when he hits you there, stand up, put your nose to his nose, and say, Dummy, don't you know that that's not me anymore? I don't respond to that. I know my God, and I am bigger than that. But the first weapon that he uses against us is delay. Somebody shout delay. Delay. Now get ready because we're going somewhere now. Delay. The enemy brings delay in areas of our life that we have a hard time with. And we find that delay impacts our faith. If we be receive something on Sunday night, on Monday, if there's any symptoms of it, we give in. Well, I don't guess God healed me last night. Come on. I don't guess God is going to work that out for me to get this house. I don't guess the Lord has heard my prayer. You know, delay. But that's a scriptural thing. That's what Daniel chapter uh, number 2 was ta- or 10 was talking about in verses 2 through 14. Whenever he said when he prayed and it seemed like nothing was happening. But finally, the angel of the Lord got to Daniel and he said to Daniel, I want you to know that God heard your prayer the first day you prayed. But when I left heaven to bring the answer, I encountered the enemy, the devil hindered your prayer and me getting the answer to you. And he said, the thing you need to understand is God, even when the enemy fights you, if he has to, is going to get old Michael. I mean the warrior king. Old Michael, the one that can handle any devil. And he sent Daniel to get me through the barrier that the enemy had set up. And here I am with the answer that you were praying about. My God, my God, my God. I've come by here to tell somebody tonight that you may feel like you've had a prayer delayed, but God has already dispatched angels from heaven and your answer is already on the way. Somebody shout praise the Lord. How many has been having problems with the delay in your life? Yes, yes, yes. I came here to tell you tonight that God has heard your prayer. And the answer is on the way. Woo! Delay. It is a weapon of the enemy. Don't be discouraged because it hasn't happened. But look for the answer. It is coming. The second weapon that we fight is that of deceit. Did you know that the enemy will deceive you 
And people are the ones that he uses to deceive you. You have got to understand that you cannot believe people. You've got to believe the word of God. Because we all deal with deceit on a daily basis. These last few months, I suppose I have learned more about deceit through the news media than I knew in all my other years. I've prayed for President Trump because from the day he was inaugurated or even before he was inaugurated, he has fought deceit. I mean, the enemy has come against him in incredible ways. I am not a man person. I am a God person. I don't vote for anybody because they've done this or that or the other. I do know that God has used President Trump to fulfill prophecy in the Word of God. Because no president in the history of the United States would ever make Jerusalem the capital of Israel because of the political ramifications of it. But he just not being a politician, he just went in there like a bull in a china shop and said, bless God, uh, Jerusalem is the capital. And that had to be fulfilled before Jesus comes back. And every accusation they would bring trying to impeach him, he would find it was filled with deceit. And the reason I use that as an illustration is because that's the way the enemy works. He uses people to try to deceive you. You cannot believe people. You've got to believe the Word of God. You've got to examine the background. You've got to look at the reality of it. You've got to find out what's true and what's false. And so we're living in a day today that everybody is trying to be deceived. Everybody. The enemy is trying to deceive us all. And that comes true in all of these areas. Like transgender. And uh, you see, uh, I, I, I can't understand intelligent people having a problem with that with saying that a child three and four and five years old uh, can say, you know, I believe I'll go to school today and be a, a boy. And then next week say, I believe I'll be a girl today. No, no, no. You've you got to be smarter than that. There's no way you can be deceived by that devil. And the thing we need to understand I, 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 that is that uh, this thing of deceit is rampant in our world today, in our society. And the enemy is out to deceive us. But don't accept anything until you've examined the Word of God and found out what God says about any issue that we are going through. So we might as well get ready now to do battle. We might as well get ready because 
it's not going to get better. It's going to get worse. Because I've read, we're in Revelation. Jan and I, in our morning devotions, have been through the Bible this time. And now we're, I read the first chapter of Revelation yesterday. And the thing that we are learning in that is the fact that the enemy in the last day is fighting harder than he's ever fought and he's trying to deceive people because he knows that his time is short. His time is short. And so deception is everywhere. You've got to be wise, young people. You've got to not allow the enemy who is the great deceiver to deceive you concerning that which is right or wrong. The third weapon that Satan is using against us is distractions. Now, this weapon, distractions, is dealing with anything that takes your mind off of the Word of God. Anything that will lead you down another road. You see, I in my pastoral experience, I, I've uh, had people write anonymous letters. Because if you're doing anything for God, you're going to have the enemy fighting you. And so, I was in Lawrenceville, Georgia in Atlanta. And uh, the church was growing. It was an awesome move of God. We were having people saved every Sunday. Uh, and, and I mean 10, 15 people every Sunday. And uh, God was blessing. We went from about 150 in attendance to over 500 in 18 months. And God was blessing and so I got an anonymous letter from someone. And I was sitting in my office. I opened it up and I began to read it. And the human side of me got stirred up. And I said, I'll fix this dude Sunday morning. I'll straighten him out. And while I was sitting there reading that letter and fuming, the Holy Spirit began to deal with me. And he said to me in impressions. He didn't speak audibly, but he knows how to impress you. You know when it's him. And he said, you have a lot more important things to deal with than to let one individual cause you to go out on a tangent and hurt a hundred people instead of dealing with just one. And I began to think about it and I thought, Lord, I'm so sorry. I'm sorry that I allowed this distraction to come to me. You see, the enemy knows how to get us moving in another direction. He'll use a child. He'll do use a parent. He'll use a relative. He'll use anybody he can get. And nobody can hurt you like a family member can hurt you. Or a church friend can hurt you. Because we don't expect it from those sources. But this is a weapon of the enemy. 
Don't be distracted by any weapon that Satan is trying to bring against you because the distraction will rob you of your destiny and what God is trying to do in your life. So we've got delays and we've got deceit and we've got distractions. And the fourth weapon that he's using is that of disappointment. Everybody say disappointment. Has anybody in here ever been disappointed? Huh? You ever been disappointed? Who disappoints you most? Your family? Your friends? Am I talking to anybody? Your church? can disappoint you. Not because it's legitimate, but because the enemy has deceived you. You see. But regardless of whether it's a reality or not, we've got to understand it's a weapon of Satan to disappoint us and cause us a problem. Because we can't be disappointed and be who God has called us to be. And so we find that we're disappointed in a nation. And I'll just be fair with you. I'm, I'm a little disappointed in what's going on in our nation today because I am an American. I believe in the old flag of the United States. And I don't like people burning my flag. And I don't like people trying to tear down my constitution. I don't like people trying to change what has worked for us for over 200 years and has blessed every one of us. And, if they, and most of the time, it's people that has come in from other nations. So, disappointment can discourage you but you can allow disappointment to discourage you because the thing is it doesn't matter what happens in our world we know where we're going and we know the end from the beginning we know that regardless of what happens to us we win and the devil loses we win and the devil loses so we can have love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness. We can have faith, meekness, and temperance. And we can have joy every day of our life. Because we're not living by the laws of the land in our eternal purpose. We're living by the laws of God. And what God has said in order for us, there's not a devil in hell big enough to take it away from us because we're going to live with Him forever and forever. So the thing that I've come by to tell you, the best is yet to come. As good as we have had it, the best is yet to come. Anybody know Frank Sinatra or knew him? Huh? I always like to hear him sing. 
But on his tombstone is one of the songs that he made famous. And probably what you're thinking of, if you know him and his music very well, is I did it my way. Remember that old song Frank Sinatra used to sing, I did it my way? But it's not it. That's not what he put on his tombstone. He put on his tombstone, the best is yet to come. Now, I'm not judging him because I'm not his judge. I don't know if he's ready to go or not. I don't know what he prayed before he died. But I know that his best is not yet to come if he wasn't right with Jesus Christ. You see, that I know. Because the only people have got a future that is better than anything we've ever had in our past. The reason that I know that the best is yet to come is we're going to live with Him forever and forever. And we're going to praise Him and we're going to rejoice for all eternity. You see, the best is yet in front of us. So don't allow delay. Don't allow deceit. Don't allow distractions. Don't allow the disappointments that come into our life to hinder us. Stay strong. Do battle. You've got to fight if you're going to win. I wonder how many in the congregation will say, Pastor, Brother Timmerman, I'm dealing with a delay in my life right now that I need to get behind me and know that God has got it all in His hands. And regardless of what I go through, I win. Regardless of what's working right now, the answer is coming. The answer's coming. How many will say, I've got a delay I'm dealing with in any area of your life? Just raise your hand. Yes. Amen. Amen. All right. How many will say, I'm dealing with being deceived by an individual or a situation that I'm dealing with in my life. And deceit is really causing me a problem right now. Now, I admit it, I told you I did, that I, during the last few years, I've really dealt with this because I knew it was not true. I knew it was trying to deceive me into believing something that wasn't true. But you've got to get to a point that that's secondary. That's, that's not reality. You've got to wait for truth to surface. Because when you go in your everyday life, truth, when you meet Him one day, will be the same the next day. Truth never changes. Truth will always be truth. So walk in truth and don't allow the enemy to deceive you. Anybody working with deceit anywhere in your life? Anybody? All right. How about distractions? Have we, 
Uh, there's a lot of that out there today. A lot of that. How many are dealing with some distractions in your life? Yes, yes, yes. I see you. How many are dealing with disappointments in anything? Yeah, yeah. You see, this is a common thing for us. We're dealing, we're in warfare. And the enemy is trying to bring us to a point of giving up and throwing in the towel. But the thing we've got to understand as we fight this battle is that he that is in us is greater than he that is in the world. And we win in every situation that we fight in Jesus' name. I want to tell you something. Jesus has already destroyed the devil. Oh, he's out working today, but he's a defeated foe. He is already defeated. Jesus has exposed him for who he is. Don't allow him to deceive you in any way. Don't allow him to distract you. Don't allow him to cause disappointment in your life because we know in whom we have believed it and the best is yet to come. Everybody say it with me. The best is yet to come. The best is yet to come. Now I want every one of you that raised your hands in any of these four areas, I want you to stand to your feet right now. Just stand to your feet. Boy, this is reality right here. This is truth being expressed because every one of us are facing a battle. Every one of us are in spiritual warfare. And the enemy has got one purpose for it, and that's to rob us of our future. Rob us of our purpose. Rob us of what God has already planned for us. But I have made up my mind he is not getting my destiny. He's not getting my future. He is not going to destroy why God brought me into planet earth. So I want every one of you that are standing right where you are. I want you to raise your hands and begin to do spiritual warfare in the spirit. And I want you to praise God for victory over delay, over deceit, over distractions, and over disappointment. Just begin to praise Him for it right now. Just begin to praise Him for it. Just begin to praise Him for it. 